Yo, what up? We're back with another episode of <laughs> Big Ten Coast to Coast. It is your boy Ant along with Matt. Go ahead. What up? What up? Go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. Start start the situation. Set set down the woodwork. Yes. Go ahead because Indiana fans they like they have expectations now. All of a sudden, they think they're like Duke with like J Will and. <laughs> they they do get ahead of themselves, don't they? No, so basically Geo Baker was on field of was it field of sixty sixty eight? Yeah. Right? And they were like he was like, Yeah, you know, Indiana's still soft. Um, but I still think they're a good team or whatever. Of course the Indiana fan base here is soft and uh instantly gets all in their feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Um so Mike Schumann from – I forget who he is, but he's a, he's a journalist for IU. Um, higher up than me on the the, the uh, food chain, as far as IU sports goes, basically was like, oh, Geo. Like, yeah, yeah, there, there is a food chain for IU. But but um, he he basically was like, you know, like, like Geo Baker sucks – like here's the statistics. Why does he? Why does his opinion matter on whether I use soft or not? Which is why does his? Why does his matter on anything? <laughs> yeah, no, it. exactly. No, if it's the stupidest. Fu- it's no, nah, it's the stupidest argument ever. Like if anybody's gonna have an opinion on it, it's gonna be somebody who played against IU as recently as last season. It's so I, dumb. It's so dog. I read the I read the tweet like five times. I'm like, nah. Like, there's another word in here. That's gonna like make this be like a joke. No, <laughs> serious. And I'm sitting here like, I'm like, what does? Then he tried to like, well, Geo said that he did it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? This dude is. That made me. That made me so. That made me so incensed, bro. Like, like, I just feel that. I just feel that a lot of journalists. A lot of journalists, one, they think they know everything when mm. they should be doing. They should be asking questions. Um, right. Why? Why? Why is it? Right? Because that's because, in my opinion, that was an opportunity for your boy to learn something. To, right. To to you know get a further understanding on something. Like not everything is black and white. Not everything is. What's going on in your face? You know, it could be something as small as body language after a turnover. It could be something small as, you know, not getting on the ground, getting on the ground. It could be something small like, you know, you know, like you can notice that like you're the only one that's not really cooperating within the free throw huddle, like in between plays. And, you know, it yeah. could be something simple as like you know for a fact that this one guy like ran the play the wrong way three straight times in a row. And you're asking why he's coming out and like, okay, the, because of these reasons, like, like there's so many nuances that go on in basketball. It's not like baseball. It's not like football. It's not like, it's not like any of these sports that, you know, come to a stop and a start from like pretty much the same place. And you're allowed to just set up, right. Then you have your play, then you just reset, right? That's not basketball. The the game is so fluid and things happen. And um, for him to go off 
to like it was like like <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but where like Elon wants to go to four thousand characters, and I'm like, look, two eighty itself is enough. Like we don't need yeah. to like, go back to one forty. The dude put the the dude probably went over two eighty and had to change some words to get right under the limit. Like the dude used like almost the <laughs> whole thing to respond to Geo, and he's talking about his percentages. I'm like. His like what he was shooting against Purdue and all these high major division one like has nothing to do with, with this conversation. Like he's been in the battle, he's been in the trenches, he understands what's what, you know? Like Yeah, also Geo Baker was better than his shooting numbers. Right? Like the, like 100. shooting numbers tell you like fifteen percent of the story of what a basketball player is. Yeah, and like you would think he was like Chase Adish and he was anything but. <laughs> okay, why is Chase Adige catching strays again for like the third podcast in a row? Because I don't understand how how the shots go in, bro. <laughs> Every time you shoot, I'm like, hell no, ain't ain't no one. Even his teammates know, and they crash so hard. You know, yeah, it's true. You know how much your team trusts you by how hard they crash after you shoot. If you see three, four guys running towards the hoop, you shouldn't be shooting that much. If you see maybe one or two guys running towards the hoop, but then the other guards got their hand up and they're like jogging down court because you're about to, because they think you're about to make it, then yeah, you're you are seen as a much better shooter. You know? Yeah. Guys yeah. are always crashing when he shoots. Everybody, even the coach is yelling "crash!" Like <laughs> Chris Collins, get to the boards. As soon as he like goes up and shoots it. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be like, gotta rebound, rebound the ball. Anyway, sorry. So yeah, you would think Geo Baker was Chase Adige, and, and not even close. You know, um, you know, Geo made big plays. Uh, and, you know, he, you know, he was in a situation where you know he had to create a lot, and he had to hmm. shoot some tough shots, and that just happens. But from the from, like, 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 who are you? Who are you to question what what any collegiate athlete has to say? That's facts, but especially Geo Baker. Again, like that Rutgers program, you're not like as far as mentality goes, you have to have a tough mentality to play for Steve Peichel. Like that dude literally eats years, nails. Rutgers has been a better program than Indiana. That's true too. And they've come from a place where they were, you know, they're way behind as far as recruiting goes, as far as prestige, as far as money for the, like, you know, you name it, they are they behind were Indiana. They were seen as like, they were seen as like inner city Northwestern. Right, exactly. It's like, exactly. okay, look, you don't have the the super like nerdy players there that's going to be, it's going to be like, the not nerdy players, that's also going to be like, so you just expected to play against a team that wasn't disciplined, not very good, didn't really make shots, got like a cool dunk, but then that would just, that would just interrupt like a, like a 12 0 run just to let up another 10 0 run. Like Rutgers used to be really, really bad until Pico came and saved those dudes. And I, oh, can't, yeah. I couldn't even believe it. Because in my mind, always was like Rutgers was was always going to be a very tough, tough job because you were in the Big Ten while going up right. against while while going up against Big East 
ACC recruiting grounds, mm-hmm. right? Like that's yeah. and and Atlantic Ten, right? Because like like yep. like you're not only battling a whole different conference, but then you got to battle different other conferences when it comes to recruiting, making sure that you know. You go get the top guys in the Northeast. You're getting those New York kids. You're getting those Jersey kids. You're getting those Philly kids. You got to get those. You you got to get those kids in order to sustain your program. And what Pico's done there is nuts. But I can't believe he was just like you know, Baker. You're shooting. Like what? What a reach. It's it's so weird, and also it's like about he's like five four, bro. Let me find out he's like five four and drives. A I I think so, but anyways, he, he's five four as far as mentality goes. But but here's here's like my thing with the whole Indiana soft. So back to back to the main point of the thing. I do think Indiana's soft. I don't think there's I don't think there's a problem with Gio saying that. In fact. I, I agree with him. Like yeah. a soft team doesn't go down by 19 to Arizona. They find a way to kind of claw it back. They, they found a way to claw it back, and that's props them for you know fighting it, fighting back. But Ooh. you know they don't they don't go on those runs that Indiana so often goes on, where they just go they just give up 15, 16 points in a row without even scoring. Right. Matt, um, Matt please no, tell soft me. Please tell me you saw the the tweet where he tried to validate UNC as a good win because they were preseason on number one. Please tell me you saw oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that, too. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the, the, the preseason rankings are nothing but – again, it's a journalist trying to prop up other journalists. It's just journalists' opinion on what the roster looks like on paper and last year's performance. That's it. That's all preseason rankings are. They don't mean crap, right? You don't get points – at the end of the year for being preseason number one ranked. In fact, you, you, that's a penalty to be preseason number one ranked. If anything, because you, you don't end the season as a number one seed. then that's like, they were preseason number one. And then they underperform. Right. So again, like it, that to me makes no sense. Um, I think the Xavier win has some merit to it though. Xavier's I, looked I did say that. good. Yeah, I did say that was a good one. Yeah. 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 I saw your tweet on that. It, it, that's a good win and it's on the road. Right. Um, again, good teams don't go win games on the road. Indiana has a chance to to throw away the soft narrative if they go into Lawrence on Saturday and beat Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. Okay, they have their chance, but but if they don't take that chance, they are still going to have that narrative, right? Because again, they go to Rutgers, a team that is mentally tougher than them, but they should have beaten even without Jalen Hutchfino and lost. Okay, great. That's fine. That happens. You lose on the Big Ten on the road. You go to Las Vegas to an arena in which, by the way, is like five hours from Arizona, but was 95% IU fans, and you get down 19 in the first half, fight yourself all the way back, get within four multiple times, and can't close it out against a really, really, really good Arizona team. That's not helping the narrative at all. Again, none of this helps the narrative. And you, you only won get your, you know, you beat North Carolina at home. Yeah, you beat them really badly um, at home, but still, it was like that's that's a home thing, right? You win at Assembly Hall. Show show me toughness on the road. Show me toughness when your back is against the wall in a neutral site game, right? So I don't think there's anything wrong with what Gio said. It's also Gio's opinion. Like, why do we have to argue people's opinions? Like, that's stupid. 
like we can go back and find Mike Schumann's the guy's name. We can find go through his article um, at the Hoosier Network and and find a billion things wrong with his articles. So I don't know. It's crazy to me that we're out here in 2022 and, and arguing with people that used to play basketball. Like I I guess it's built into the Indiana IU fan base DNA because we have to go and fight with Dan Dockich every three seconds. Um, so it's like people that used to play college basketball equals Dan Dockich. Not everybody's that fucking stupid. So uh, at, at the end of the day, I, I agree with Geo Baker. They're soft for now, but like you said, they're still a good team. They're still going to be high up in your power rankings every week. Um, and they still should be among the favorites to win the big 10. And just because you're not mentally tough team doesn't mean you can't win. It just means you probably won't win the national championship, but you can have a good season without being a mentally tough team. This is how we open up that tweet. Mike Schumann at the Daily Hoosier. Preseason number one UNC is no good now. Got it. He says that <laughs> December 12th. December 12th. He's talking about preseason number one UNC is no good now. Got it. That's how you know you haven't really been in the shit for a while. Yeah, we've we've been we've been out of the fight, and and we've we've been on the sidelines for so long. We and their feelings. You say one bad thing about this team, and people instantly jump up your nose. Okay, they are on your ass. You know what's bad? You know what sucks about like? You know what sucks about like? Um, because because I'm as you know, I'm very opinionated, right? But the Indiana fans, they don't. They weren't with me in the summer when I was arguing why they were the best team in the Big Ten. Like, I would do that, but at the same time, I can also take a, take a step back and realize right now that, in my opinion, dude, like, I know these teams, we've, we've seen about, what, 10 games from all these teams? Yeah. Roughly, give or take. And honestly, where I'm at, yeah, I still have Indiana as the best team for me. Really? Yeah, like I think Purdue has by far the best resume. I think they are playing the best as well. Um, but in terms of like power rankings, like if I'm going to say, hey, we're going to put these teams into a tournament right now, who's going to win? I would say Indiana. Um like I felt bad about Purdue last year. They didn't win the league, but like you gotta you have to see how they lost. Like they lost a bunch right. of games, you know, a bunch of like threes and like the last like the stuff against Wisconsin at Wisconsin, the um the the uh, three against with like uh, Rutgers and just all these weird ways of losing, right? And um, but I just felt that that like they were they were still for me, the better team. And I don't think the better team always wins the league. Right. I don't think so. And I think that's just how the league is set up with how, how the coaches are, um, um, the solid, uh, you know, there's a lot of winning culture within the conference. Um, there's a def- there's definitely a style of play that you would need to at least understand in order to get through the conference in order to compete for an NCAA championship or compete for a final four. I still think Indiana is right there for me. And I think 
I think this team really needs Hood Shafino. I didn't think they needed him as much as as much as we've seen, but I think you've probably seen it too. Um, they desperately need him. Yeah, he's he's so important for this team because they don't they don't have another point guard after him. Like they don't. Like I love Trey Galloway. Don't get me wrong, but Trey Galloway is a a, a three. Doesn't move the needle. He is like a um. He's a guy who's who's going to come in. And he is going to be right on par with what you need, right? He'll mm-hmm. he'll keep you he'll keep your nose above the water, right? Right. But he's not going to get you on the boat. No. You know what I mean? Chafino get you on the boat. Those guys, I think guys like Hood Chafino, they like you know, he has the he has the type of um, he just has that game that's going to that could that can move the needle, right? Like, hey, we can't get one. Yo, get us one right quick, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, you're like, Xavier's a little bit out of control right now. Hey, they are shading Trace right now with secondary defender. Race isn't hitting a jump shot. Renew's in foul trouble. Like, you got to bail us out here. Hey, he comes out and he has two or three straight possessions where he's getting rim pressure. He's getting to the free throw line. You know, that can win you a game. Just in that small spread, uh, I didn't think they needed that it, much. But now it's yeah. Now it's, it's not even just that though. It's not even just that. Like like that's offensively. Defensively, he's really good. He's he's one of the better defensive guards I've seen from a like a freshman at IU. Yeah. Like straight up, he's he's a killer defensively. He moves his feet, um, which I know is like people are like the but like he, he does like at a very high level, right? Like he. He does all the right little things right on defense, and it, that's allowed Indiana to, when he plays, be really good per, like on perimeter defense. But the problem is when he doesn't play, there's no one else to step up and fill that role. So we've been struggling, especially we struggled against um, Arizona on perimeter defense. Like you couldn't affect the the de- defenders that we put out there. Tamar Bates, um, Trey Galloway is playing on guys that were smaller than him. Um, and, and uh, I'm trying to remember who else played in that game for him. But the guys the guys we put in for Indiana couldn't affect the entry passes into um, um, Tobalo, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And that became a problem. Whereas Huchifino, who stands at six foot five but plays smaller, can get in the way of that. Kind of his reach yeah. kind of disrupts that entry pass and therefore gives Trace a bit of a, a buffer so that he can kind of – either affect the pass himself or or get help faster. Like it's like little things like that that we miss from Jalen Hutchfino so much. So I'm not mad about losing these two games, you know, Rutgers and and Arizona in the ways we did. I'm actually happy that the team fought back from down nineteen to even make it a game in the second half. Cause the last Four years of Archie Miller, five years of Ar- under Archie Miller, and the last year of Tom Crean, those teams would have rolled over and we would have lost by 30. Like, I, I visibly remember a game, I believe it was against two years ago in Maui against, well, technically it was North Carolina, but, you know, in the Maui tournament against Texas, where you went down 17 in the first half and ended up losing by like 40 plus. They, they just couldn't. Uh, it's against Courtney Ramey as well. Um, but, you know, just couldn't come back and, and compete in those games. And they came back and competed in this game. So that's that's a bit of a moral victory, which kind of sucks. But, like, at the same time, it's like it's, I'm seeing improvement in the program, the way the players are, are playing and fighting. So I'm happy about that. Little little wins. How was the atmosphere out there? 
crazy, crazy. It was like a Final Four game. Now, I've been to the Final Four a couple times um, when it's been in Indy, um, and it was it was like a Final Four game. Like, the the Arizona fans did travel, like, fairly decently, but it was mostly IU fans. Like, it was crazy. Like, walking down the strip, it was like every other person was wearing an IU jersey. I'm not even kidding you. So, um, IU fans showed out. Again, it's like, for, this is the first game that we've played, like, on a neutral court that's in a fun location, and we've been nationally relevant since, like, 2015. So people were chomping at the bit to kind of go and see the team um, where they can get tickets. And so, yeah, it was, it was like, 90% IU fans, not even kidding. Ooh. I mean, it had to have been, oh, like, a really fun, really fun time. Because, look, because, like, look, even though you lose that game, mm-hmm. um, I think overall just – just for the fans to have that type of opportunity is something that like they've they've missed, they've they've missed having in like a long time. No, it was it was a lot of fun. I I appreciate um, Mike Woodson for getting us out of the Crossroad Classic because as much as I love promoting the state of Indiana's basketball, I hate being forced to play Butler and Notre Dame every single year, and would rather play games against Arizona or against Kentucky. Um, cause that's what, that's how you get Indiana back is by, you know, kind of forcing yourself onto a national stage like this. Wait, and not playing Butler? What? Yeah, I know. Crazy. I, uh, I mean, you would, you would think that playing Butler would be a nationally televised game that isn't stuck at noon on Fox Sports 1 on a Sunday when there's football. Yeah, exactly. It's on ESPN Plus. Streaming live on Peacock. <laughs> or what's that uh, Gonzaga channel? It's like a root something. It's like oh yeah, yeah, a Fubo, Fubo TV. <laughs> you can watch it live on your PS5. <laughs> I mean, did you, did you see? There's a situation developing. Well, there's two situations, but in Texas, you see they're they're down to Rice at half. Wait, really? at home? Yeah, well, yeah. Like, isn't uh, isn't the uh, your boy Wayne Wayne Brady out? In here, oh, I, I. Oh, you mean you mean uh, Wayne Brady? You mean Chris go? Beard? <laughs> what, yo? That old situation. That's such a wild thing to wake up to this morning. I woke up to that. And I was like, "What the hell?" I also like passed out early last night. Didn't even see the Mike Leach news. So I just woke up this morning. I was like, "Is every coach like having some sort of life changing disaster happening right now?" Like, what's <laughs> What's the what score is happening? That, what's the score in that Texas Rice game? Uh, it's 33-32. Texas just hit a three-pointer, but the oh, Rice is up four. That's close. It was close. It was close, but they they it's were – Texas had to claw it back to get, like, even within four at half. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if it's a yikes or not. We'll see if it's yeah. Can we talk about Big Ten officiating right quick? Oh, we can talk about Big Ten officiating. Have you seen the 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 uh, debacles over the last week? Yeah, so the Ohio State debacle and then the Purdue debacle. Ohio State Rutgers and then Nebraska Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Rutgers got hosed. About we're talking about. Okay, so first of all, the Rutgers game, the Rutgers no call literally lost Rutgers the game. Like there's no other play to happen there. Out of bounds, you throw it in with. Point two seconds left. Game is over, right? Yeah. The Purdue 
the Purdue Nebraska one is a little bit more is a little bit different because, but it's still bad, right? Because you have yeah. Smith, he has the ball. They predetermine the foul call. Nobody touches him when he loses the ball, and Nebraska gets it down one with like how many seconds left? They're down one with like maybe like five or six. Oh, was it that? I think it was. It, it, they had more than that, maybe. I mean, it might have been eight or nine, but it was like it was. It was very. It was down in the wire. Yo, another thing. Monmouth is beating Syracuse right now in the, in the second half. Dude, Jim Beham's so washed. He's so washed. Get that dude out of here, bro. Get him out of here. Um. Yeah. Let me look at that. Uh. Let me look at that. That play by play with Nebraska. Another game I'm kind of hyped about is uh, uh, eleven seconds. Eleven seconds. Well, I'm I'm really oh, eleven. Okay. I'm really hyped about the uh, about that Purdue Davidson game. Are you? Uh, yeah, the lawyers, the, the battle of the lawyers. Yeah, the seventeenth is stacked, man. Have you seen? Yeah, that? it is. Yeah, it's it like not- what Indiana, Kansas, uh. Davidson, Purdue. I'm trying to see see who else is on that. that Indiana, Kansas, Gonzaga, Alabama, Houston, Virginia, Ohio State at no at no Ohio State, North Carolina at Madison Square Garden. Yep. Um, UCLA, Virginia, Houston. Yeah, Virginia, Houston, UCLA, Kentucky, mm-hmm. Tennessee, Arizona. The games oh, and like from. From twelve to ten thirty, bro, just madness. Because Michigan plays on on the thing, they play Lipscomb at four. That's that's a dangerous game for them too, bro. That Lipscomb game. That's a. We're gonna be doing um a watch party all day for that, aren't we? (laughs) On Saturday. Yeah, it's gonna be a watch party all day, man. Gonna be a watch party all day. Um, but yeah, so officiating has gotten really, really bad. I think they have to open it up a little bit more in the last in the last minute um, to kind of just open up the review for, like, common sense. It's like, hey, look, the dude step out of bounds. Like, I don't care. It's not reviewable. What do you mean technology is telling me that's the wrong call? You know? Yeah. You know that, that, I mean? that doesn't that make any sense. How? What does that even mean? Yeah, how yeah, how is that not reviewable? It's like it's reviewable in every other sport if the guy stepped out of bounds. It's also reviewable in football, I'm pretty sure, if the guy stepped out of bounds and then caught it upon coming in. Like that's that's reviewable in football, but not in basketball. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Absolutely no sense. And and I am Like these games. the Braden Smith one didn't even make sense. Like the guy who called the foul, I'm pretty sure couldn't even see what happened. He just saw him fall and called the foul. Like just let let like let it play on at that point. He was right in front of him, and this sucks. because I truly think this is no excuse for Rutgers because they had to kind of let that go. But Rutgers ends up losing the game that they. I'm pretty sure their their heads were in the sand, and they have to play a, a rivalry game in Seton Hall, and they blow that game completely, completely blow yeah. that. Game. Yeah, 
Like man, you know, Indiana fans would Indiana fans would want me to mention the the non goaltending call that was not called against for IU against Arizona, but I don't think that was Big Ten ref, so it doesn't really apply. But that would have cut the deficits like what twenty two. <laughs> yeah, to two. It actually, I know, it would have been to four again, but it, you know, still. Oh man, yeah, that was rough because Indiana they would have gotten that that call, and then it would have been a four point game. But then, like, literally, Arizona comes down the court, and then there's a flagrant flopping call, so they get the ball back, and then they they score a three. So it was literally like a six point swing on a no call. Messed up. Anyways, yeah, college officiating, woof. But especially the Big Ten. And it's been a problem in the Big Ten for a while now, too. For a couple of years, it's just not been great. It's been bad for a minute, and that's really unfortunate. But it's just, you know, one of those things that you have to kind of live with. I just wish that, like, as much as I hate reviews, I think that there needs to be a shot clock on reviews. Mm -hmm. You don't know within 20 seconds, then that's it. That's done. Right, there's just, a, there's just a timer on top of, like, the little review board. They get, like, 30 seconds to look at it, and that's it. Like, get it right. Like, get it right. Like, point blank. Yeah. Like, if it's obvious enough, overturn it. If it's not, leave it. If it's something egregious, like, did you did you miss a foul just now? Boom. Call the foul. Two free throws. How much time was, was on the clock? Done deal. Like, like say like, yo, like yes, we we want the game to, to to like to like not lose its flow, but at the same time, like we don't want to see a situation like Rutgers, who's sitting there at now six and four, when they should be seven and three. Seven and three with two really good wins on their resume. Oh, Ohio State and and then yeah, you know, and then you beat Indiana. Like those are those are huge wins. Those are huge wins. And you know what? Another pretty good win, UMass Lowell. <laughs> is is that a good win? UMass Lowell's eleven and one. Oh sh! I didn't even know that. UMass Lowell's eleven and one. Their only loss was to Rutgers. Rutgers. UMass Lowell's about again. To Rhode Island soon. Had your boy Archie. That's they're gonna beat them. That team is Archie's Rhode Island is awful. <laughs> they're so bad. so bad. I think they have one win. They might have two. Man, I, I feel bad for Rutgers, bro, because, like, cause like they, they did what they need to do. Like, you don't drop Columbia. You don't drop Sacred Heart. Like, you're – it's like you're, you're winning all the games that you need to win. Without Mulcahy. Without Mulcahy. And then – yeah. Against Miami, they're up by 10 or 11 in, in the second half, and the wheels fall off and lose that game. I believe that was also on the road. I was so, on the road, and it was out in Mulcahy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, man, man it's going to be tough to look back, and they're in the NIT all because of a couple of mishaps in the non-conference. Well, speaking of, of Rutgers in the NIT, I, did you – so – Ken Palm did his seating list today for the first, I mean, not first time, but just like his weekly seating list. He ha- had Rutgers as an eight seed. That's why I bring this up. But he had Rutgers as an eight seed. Um, and I think there was a 10, there was 10 teams from the Big Ten in the tournament with Michigan as the 11th in the play it. What? Yeah. 
So who didn't make it? Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska aren't in? Yep. Aren't in. Everybody else from the Big Ten is in. He had, like, Penn State as a nine. He had – some Michigan State fans are going to hate this, but they had Michigan State as, like, a 10 seed. And he had – I had Michigan in the 11 play in. I'm surprised he actually has them in right now because they're because there's they're six and three and they don't really have a really good win. But um, the thing is, I think he's saying that like the Big Ten is all so close this year and in the middle that they're going to get some resume building wins as the year goes on, right? Allegedly. I just I just do they end up above five hundred at the end of the season? That's the question. Yeah, because that's yeah, because that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. All right. How many quad one wins do they have? All right. So these are the Q ones. So they jumped to what they're eighty one. Are they zero and three in quad ones? Oh three ones. Michigan. Oh three quad ones. I mean, you know, you got to win tough games. You can't just beat up on the bad teams. And and you and you, hey, look, look. If you end up tripping this year, like this is going to be an unforgivable schedule. So I'm looking at these teams, looking at these teams who, uh, looking at these teams who they got in the tournament so far. Michigan plays. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fit so fifteen games. Fifteen more games are against a quote unquote tournament team. Yep. That's but then that's fifteen more opportunities for wins against tournament teams, right? So again, it could go both ways. I I do think Michigan um, is going to have a hard time, though, without Lou Ellen. That's the one thing. Did you watch the Minnesota game? No, I did not watch the Minnesota game. I didn't get to get to see that. You should watch that game. I should watch that game? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting. Um, Gavin, what, were your ta- what were your takeaways from the Minnesota game since you said it was interesting? Gavin says, can Doug McDaniel be one of the better young coaches in the Big Ten or was the Minnesota game an outlier? Um, Minnesota's not a good team. So I, wouldn't you have Minnesota's last for you, Matt? Yeah, I'm looking stupid because I had them a little bit higher up than last on my power rankings at the beginning of the year. But, yes, I would. I think Minnesota's the worst-looking team in the Big Ten so I far. It's easy last, too. Like, I don't yeah. think I'm really debating it. Like maybe Nebraska, maybe Northwestern. Like no, like like I'm I'm pretty firm, pretty firm in that. Nebraska's gonna beat some people this year, and they Greasel's a problem. They may, and you know what? This is this is Fred Hoiberg's best team that he's had. I think. Yeah. I don't know if the league is weak enough for him to be over 500 to go to the NIT. Oh no, they're not. No, they're not going to any tournament at the end of the year. But they're going to beat some teams that they definitely shouldn't. That much I will tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you roll into Lincoln, not ready to play, you are going to lose. Yeah. Period. Like, 
that that Purdue team is really good, and they were extremely lucky to come out of there with a win. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Michigan game, the Michigan-Minnesota game. So Michigan went into this game, right? They were 0-8 in the – no, 0-7-1, but winless in the first five minutes of every game. Their best five minutes, they were tied with Jackson State, I believe, at it was six to six. So their starts have been putrid. And what, like, I'm saying they haven't outscored any team in their first eight games. Any. They played Purdue Fort Wayne, they played Eastern Michigan, they played Ohio. They played Jackson State, mm-hmm. right? You're playing right. by games, and you can't punch anybody in the mouth, right? Against Minnesota, Michigan hasn't had a really comfortable win except for the first game, right? No, Pitt was also a pretty. But does Pitt count as a power five? <laughs> Pitt's yeah. so bad. That doesn't count. All you asked was, have they had an easy win? And I'm saying that's that's fair. You know what? That's fair. You know, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's true. That's all I asked. However, Pitt doesn't count. So against Minnesota, they of course have to have a lineup change because Logan's out. Right. Subs in. Right. Right. They're plus nine in the first five minutes. Okay. Right. So they're plus nine. Right. The offense is is humming. Like the ball is moving. Guys are getting open shots. Hunter is aggressive, but he's not being boisterously aggressive. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's being aggressive, yes. but he's not doing he's not looking like he's trying extra hard. Um, type of deal. So in the first, in the first six minutes, Michigan scored twenty points. In the first six minutes of the game, okay. Which, which is insane. In the first ten minutes, they scored thirty-two points. They're on pace to score one hundred twenty points in this game. One hundred twenty-eight points in this game. Yeah, they're killing them. They're, but the way that they were doing it was very methodical. Um, Doug's pace really helped them, I believe, like really helped the team. And I, I think Doug needs to, I think Doug needs to have better balance, uh, choosing between him and the team, right? Because I right. still do think he. He favors looking for a shot when he's so fast with the ball. Like, he should always be in attack mode. Not to score, not to pass, but attack mode. And then based off what the defense – because he's so fast that he's going to manipulate the defense, right? Right. So him being so fast, it's like, yo, just use your speed, get to your spots, see how the defense is manipulated, and – just take what they give you. If they give you a mini, take it. 
if they right. give you a drop off to Hunter, take it. If they if it's like an if it's a pass opposite corner to Kobe, take it. Like well, whatever is there is there. And then if nothing is there, you know, pass it to somebody, go get it, reset, high pick and roll. Hey, let's let's work it out again. Right? Right. Um, so I think he always needs to be in a be in attack mode. Uh take care of the ball is big. Um but his pace was really good. And then what I liked, so before the game, I said, look, you know, you know, expect, expect, you know, expect a lot of Doug, right, analysis, right? Right. Doug, but then also expect a lot of Kobe and Jet uh, with dual duties once, once, once Doug goes out. And I thought right. when Doug came out the game – Kobe was really impressive, and Jet was really impressive. Coming off pick and roll, finding guys, uh, really you know, probing the offense, and I think them having the ball a lot more, I think got them more comfortable throughout the game because Llewellyn has the ball quite a bit, and those guys are kind of like waiting and sitting and waiting and sitting and waiting for the concept, and I think them having the ball um, in like a dual, almost like a Nick Stauskas, Karis LeVert type of tandem, Type of pair. I'm not saying yeah. that they're that caliber of players yet, but I'm just saying, hey, those two big guards who aren't really point guards, but they're really good point of attack players or who can be good point point of attack players. Um, I think you saw a lot of that, but they put this on. They put this on, right? Oh, also, Will Cheddar. I've been asking for more Will Cheddar minutes for a very long time. <laughs> Finally got yeah. it. <laughs> Finally got more Will Cheddar minutes, um, you know, and Will had six points and two rebounds. And I, I feel that, I feel that he's he's got to play every 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 game, both halves. Like, don't do this just because he's at home at Minnesota. Then you're playing Lipscomb, and then you're gonna play someone else over him because you feel bad. Like, no, like you need to establish your rotation now. Right. right now, establish it. You have Lipscomb, then you got then you got a game um, against North Carolina and Charlotte, right? And then you have Central, and then and then it starts. Then it starts. <laughs> it so, does start. I mean, then you got Maryland, Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa. Like boom, 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 boom. Like it starts. So they got to establish their rotation right now. And I think they they've got to establish will. They have to. And if you want to compete against Indiana and you want to compete against Purdue, um you need Will Cheddar. Because you can't have you 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 can't be out there against TKR and Caleb first and expect to like trot out a small four out there, they would eat him alive. Yep. You can't have a small four guarding Malik Renew. Nope. Right? That's 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 or or even race. That that's that's just not a good matchup. So the way that that this that this team is built, you know, I need I need more will and he had a really nice game. I wish he played a little bit more aggressive on the boards because of his size and feel like he wants to play more. And I think that's like one way 
that he can be able to play more, get get on the boards more, get on the floor more, do the little things, right? Live around the basket, right. offensive rebounds, tap-ins, you know, tap-outs, you know, no, uh, you know, get extra possessions for your team. Um, Yusuf had a pretty decent game too, man. He he had, I think he had like two threes. Um, he's still he's he's still you know he's still a little he's still getting used to the game, the speed right. of D one and all that. But um, no, no, he got beat off the dribble, and dude was about to punch it. And he didn't care about a poster. He went up, hard foul, blocked the shot. Dude, dude had to make his foul shots. And I was like, that is a great foul. Now like, he had, I think he had like two or three fouls in that game. And I'm like, if you're a low minute guy, fouls aren't really a thing, right? Right. Not really, really a thing because you're only playing 10 to 15 minutes. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, if you play 10, 15 minutes and you put up four fouls, it doesn't matter. You're not going to foul out because you're going to be playing for the rest of the game. <laughs> like, having five fouls is like playing 20 if you're only playing 10, 12 a game, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's – um, you know, I want to see, see more – I want to see more will, like working him in in more ways. And – I like Terrace Reed. I like Terrace Reed a lot, but I think if he starts to struggle a bit in Big Ten play, I also wouldn't mind Will playing more five as well too, just to give a much different look. Um, uh, and if and if you're playing a team like Penn State, right? I can't right. imagine Terrace playing in that game. Um, I think you're yeah. going to need a guy like Will who's going to be more mobile able to guard five shooters, right? Right. Uh, yeah, miss. Uh, it was one of those games where it was great to see, but I have seen this from Juwan teams and then totally get let down in the following game. Right. <laughs> I don't see the same thing because I don't see the consistency. I just don't – I just don't see a team that is consistent within their play. It's almost like every game is a coin flip. And if, and that's not this that's not the the sign of a good team. So them being able to do that against Minnesota, um, you're you're about to play a Lipscomb team who has lost their last two, and I believe they have one more game against uh Tennessee Tech. I want to say because they lost to Alabama AM and they lost to they lost to Tennessee State in a city rivalry game, and they have Tennessee Tech. I believe it's Tennessee Tech, and then they play Michigan. Um, but you're you're going to be playing a team who is who is hungry for a win. Who's going to be? Really- they play Tech on the fifteenth. So yes, gotcha. So so they're going to be really well coached, and they're going to be ready to play, and it's one of those games where you escape against Ohio, you escape against Eastern, you do that against Lipscomb, you're going to lose by two or three possessions. That's true, but there's also the inverse argument, Ant, which is that you guys have, when you've played the big teams, like the good teams, you guys you guys have played well, I thought, yeah, or decently enough. Like against Virginia and Kentucky, I thought those were good performances. They played with focus because they, yes. 
because they had a respect and they knew if they didn't bring it, they were gonna get embarrassed. So it's almost that like right. flight, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things where like, hey, look, I it's like I can like I I'm gonna, you know, I have a game today. Who we play? Oh, we play Jackson State. Oh, okay, okay. So you're not really thinking about the game, right? I'm I'm not saying that's what's going on, but like they're not like they're not like I don't know. I don't know. It's something different. It's it's something different when when you have a when you have a nationally televised game against a ranked team and you know this is a big game, you know people are watching. Um you know, there's there's definitely another level that 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 you go to. And there's definitely that juice, you know? And Yeah. But they but but they but they need that focus all the time like all the time they can't just do that stuff when they feel threatened you know so so what you're telling me am is that michigan's soft <laughs> how many points did you average man <laughs> <laughs> zero <laughs> oh, you're still going to get it. Oh, man. uh no i i just um i don't know it's it's tough. Let me see. Gavin also said, I thought McDaniel took a ton of pressure off Dickinson with his playmaking ability and allowed Hunter to play more efficiently efficiently. I can see that too. I can see that too. Um I also feel that I also feel that Doug had really good energy. Um, really good energy and he he played a complete game overall. Like he may not have a game like this again this year. I mean, mm. I'm looking at numbers. I just brought him up. He had 50, he had 15 points, two rebounds, seven assists, and three steals. And he shot five for six from the floor, three for three from three. I That's mean, pretty good numbers. <laughs> numbers. I mean, like from the floor, Michigan was 52.4 percent from three, 10 for 18. But uh, Maryland's, I mean, uh, Maryland, sorry, Minnesota's so bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they were, you know, they were not good. And they were down. I know it says that Michigan won by 15. It was not that close. Like, it was like a 30-point game for the most part. And then they decided to, like, mess with the rotation. And then Minnesota went on, like, a 12-0 like a run and cut it to, like, 15 or something. But. Okay, and we've made it now almost an hour into this podcast without talking about the number one team in the country. So let's let's talk about the number one Purdue Boilermakers real fast. They just came off a win against Nebraska. Had some controversy at the end, um, but it was at Nebraska. And again, that's a team that we both said was going to beat some teams this year. So again, not the worst thing in the world to have a close game with them. And also, you know, what are you going to do against Kisei Tomonaga, who's just like decided to put the team on his back and, and starts hitting three pointers? I, I mean, the pride of Nagoya Japan. Respect, respect Kisei. Respect. Pride of Nagoya Japan, Kisei Tomonaga. But yeah, they 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 look good. I think they deserve number one. Um. Ooh. Do they? There was some hesitancy. <laughs> there was some hesitancy there. Okay, what's your what's what's do they deserve number one? 
Okay, why don't you think they deserve number one? This is what's so funny because this, this is what's funny. As I said earlier, like Indiana fans, like like they're mad at me right now, with, and they don't realize that like I've been like been their cape for a long, long time now. Right. But, but like you say one thing wrong, they just think you're just a jackass. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, 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 right? Yes. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Um, I think that's good for the Big Ten. That's good for the Big Ten. That produced uh, number one, right? It's good for the Big Ten. At yeah. the same time, for me personally, like I do, like I, I still think Houston, best team in the country. I know that their schedule doesn't dictate that, and they've been lollygagging in, in some of these games. I've been like watching film. They're menaces on defense, but they've been just chilling. Um, uh, UConn, I think UConn should be number one. I kind of agree with you. I like I like UConn. I don't think I think they're a better team than Purdue. While while Purdue has a much better resume. Right. I think Purdue has probably the best resume out of anybody in the country. Um Virginia's is also pretty good. I mean Virginia beat Illinois uh, and Virginia beat Baylor. Um, then they play Houston this Saturday, and then you have, but like, like the way UConn, you know, the way that they went out and they dominated the PK eighty was very impressive. I mean, they beat Iowa, a very good Iowa State team, beat them by mm-hmm. seven in the champion by eighteen in the in the championship. They beat. Alabama by very very good Alabama team by the way by fifteen yeah. they beat Oregon a not very good Oregon team by twenty four um they don't they don't have a they don't have one single digit game not one I'm I'm honestly afraid that they might go this season undefeated I'm not even gonna, like the I big so the, they're gonna the Big East is so bad though. Yeah, but I think I think Creighton. They'll lose out. one game. I I was I was kind of being sarcastic, like facetious, but like it, they I, the, that's just how bad the Big East is. Like I think their their biggest competitors Xavier, Creighton. That's also pretty good. Xavier Creighton Marquette. Xavier Creighton Marquette, and I, and that's kind of where it stops. That's like it. Nova isn't as good as they have been. They've been terrible this year. Yes. Providence is always sneaky because they play that garbage flex. You have um, Curbelo at St. John's. Curbelo and Posh Alexander, that that team's a lot of fun. That team's a lot of fun. That's a team that is 10 and 1 right now. Um, Their only loss is to Iowa State. Does Iowa State just play the entire Big East? What's happening here? Hey, Iowa State's pretty good. That coach down there, what's his name? Like Olsen, Olsenberger? Is, is that his name? TJ Olsenberger? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you look him up right quick? I don't want to say this man's name wrong because that 
that that dude could coach himself out of a hostage situation, bro. Like that dude is a good Otzelberger. Otzelberger. Yeah. That, he got hired from um he just got hired. Where'd he get hired from? Hold up. From like New this. Mexico or like UNLV, one of those teams, one of those schools. One of those uh, UNLV. Yeah, UNLV. Yeah. So so like there's a dude on that team who went to Iowa State, transferred to UNLV, then transferred back to Iowa State with the new coach. <laughs> Whoa, wait. Oh, he was oh he was the South Dakota State coach when they were really good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. That, that dude, sense. Hey, like, I've seen his name before, but I don't remember him at UNLV at all. But that's makes listen, sense. Listen, if Jawan ever, you know, leaves or gets, you know, or gets the axe, hey, I'm all for Saudi Washington, but yo, that dude at Iowa State, TJ Autumn, mm-hmm. Autumn Otzelberger, whatever his name is, give me him. What's his name again? Otzelberger. Yeah, yeah. Otzelberger. Otzel Schnauzer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, give me him, bro. Because that he understands the game. He knows how to win. And it's really, you know, put him in a place where you can get guys, bruh. Dog, yo, know, he's somebody who's who's gonna win a natural championship one day. I don't know where it's gonna be. I don't know who's gonna be with, but he is gonna be in a Final Four competing for a national championship soon. Is that That's dude- what I said about Nate Oates when he's at Buffalo. I, I said the same thing Nate Oates. I'm like, that, that dude can make Buffalo good and, like, compete against really good teams. Like, yeah. uh, He made Buffalo scary. That team was really good. I remember them being ranked for a couple of years. I was I – was, in complete and utter awe at how long he was at Buffalo for, because I thought he was going to leave after the first really good year, and then he had then nobody nobody took him. He had two years there where he was like had them. Well, he was a high school relevant. coach like what three years prior. Yeah, I mean, like, but he, it's obvious you just watch Nate Oates like coach on the sidelines and like what he what his teams play and how That's like true. what they run. Like yeah. he knows what he's talking about, bro. I also think that. That probably people need to see him like, okay, he can coach. I know that. But, you know, can he recruit? Can he run a program? Those are like two different questions. But, yo, yeah. give, give me the uh, – give me all the the uh, TJ Otzelberger shares. <laughs> I'm killing that dude's name. I don't know his name, bro. I, you know, they, they, they lost to Iowa, though. They, Speaking they of Big Ten teams. Iowa. But, but I will say this. I will say this. When they lost to Iowa, Iowa was coming off of a tough loss to Duke. And sure. when – if you are a better – listen to this. Listen to this. <clears throat> when you are looking at some of these bets and some of these spreads, you know, and you know a team is you know, decently coached, just, just halfway, not, not even elite, just halfway – halfway and you see a spread that kind of looks funny go with that go with that team that just lost especially if mm. it was, especially if it feels like a beatdown right especially if it was a beatdown because because <laughs> you know things happen at practice man I'm telling you you do not want to lose again 
You do not want to lose again. I'll tell you that much. Okay, so, okay. That was that was your free advice, by the way, degenerates in the chat. Um, do you watch that Wisconsin Iowa game? The what? The Wisconsin Iowa basketball game. I did. The one that Iowa just lost. That was a good game. That was a really really good game from a neutral perspective. That was fun to watch. Um, I think my one thing with Iowa and I, I think they're great and all. Don't get me wrong, but I hate their bench. Their bench sucks, and and you saw that like really hurt them in the Wisconsin game. Again, I think like they only had five bench points at the end of the day um, off their bench. They only bring in three guys, which is Sanford, uh, Dix, and Kingsbury. Um, I just I don't trust a team that can't hit the bras out of a of a of a barn this year. And that that dude, too, of that dude's jump shot is nice. It's nice, but you can't hit it. <laughs> yeah, I see right now, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I, I just don't like I don't like their bench. I don't I don't get it. Um, and I I think again, like I I think McCaffrey's good. I I love Tony Perkins, or both McCaffreys are good. Rabracha, I think it's a really bad name because he can't play defense. But nobody in Iowa really can either, so it's fine. Um, like. At the end of the day, like I, they're gonna win some games, and I guess that was out. The Iowa game was without Chris Murray. Yeah. So, but like, they look a bit different, and they they needed guys to step up, and they just didn't. And they yeah, still could have stolen. I, I still don't understand their bench. They don't really have a bench. Uh, they don't have a bench, and when you have someone like Peyton Stanford, who's not making shots, and that's the one dude where like you, like he lets it go. You're like, oh, that's. That's buckets. That's going in. So in the first two games, he was six for fifteen, right? Since right. then, he is 17-20. By the way, Rice is up three with four minutes left. Three for twenty-nine cents. So he started out six for fifteen from three, three for twenty-nine cents. This is supposed to be one of the better shooters in the whole league. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> the hashtag analysis, not great. <laughs> He's in a bit of a shooting slump. Okay, you were a shooter, right? How do you get out of a shooting slump? You just gotta, you what just was, gotta what was your method? You have to keep shooting. You have to keep okay. shooting. My right. issue was that my playing time was so erratic. Like, I, like it was really hard for me to get a rhythm. And then if I – and if I miss one, or if I miss two, I would I would come out and I'd be done. Um, so it was really big that I that I hit one of my first two shots, mm-hmm. and it kind of sucks to have to play to like play like that. But um, when you get to a certain level, it's like yo, like you need to, you know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta you gotta go out there and do your job. You're not going out there and doing your job. You're not gonna play. Yeah. So like, um, with someone like him, who's playing. A bunch of minutes and he's shooting like he's getting shots up like he's shooting almost eight times a game if that was if, if i was shooting eight times a game like bro like you gotta you have to change your pregame you have to change your pregame um you need to shoot more you need to get a better sweat uh he's only playing 
19, 20 minutes, like he should be getting up. He should be in like a workout before games. Mm. Um, don't shoot heavy the day before. Shoot heavy two days before. Be light the day before. Then go back heavy on the day of in pregame. Right. Um, for some reason, just the way that the body, the like the way your mechanics work as a shooter is kind of weird. But that, but like that worked for me a lot. That worked for me. Um, I see. I see. Um, speaking of shooting um, and things working for them and playing above what they're supposed to be. We can talk about Wisconsin real fast. We just start, we're talking about the Wisconsin-Iowa game. Connor Asigian. Yep. Don't know his name already. He's a freshman breakout for the Wisconsin Badgers, which, again, is a team that doesn't seem to have a ton of freshmen that break out. Our program doesn't seem to have a ton of freshmen break out. But Asigian's looked great so far this year. Ant, what's your thoughts on him? He has. I put him as a top-five freshman in my yeah. freshman power rankings. Uh, I want to say I had him at fifth. Yes. Ranking. I think I went. I think I went. This was a couple weeks weeks ago. It needs to be up, updated, but it went. Um, uh, Bryce Sensabaugh from Ohio State, Jed Howard from Michigan, and I think I went Malik Renew from Indiana. Then I went Braden Smith from Purdue. And I went Connor Sigian from Wisconsin. I got a lot of pissed off people about that. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised, Ant, that uh, power rankings would have people mad about about I it. That's think, incredible. I think, he, I think he has shut them up for me. I think he shut them up for me. And if, yeah. if I were to redo them now, I would probably move. It's so hard, man. It's so hard because. Because I'm an Indiana fan. I'd move Renew off. No, like, yeah, like, he's off. But, yeah, like, Jaden Epps has been really good, too, for Illinois. Yep. Um, oh, man. Like, I, I, I would probably go – I would probably move a Sidian to, like – Three. And I'd yeah. Go lawyer at four. Smith at five. Maybe Smith at five or Epps at five. I don't know, but there's six right now that are that are like that are like right there. That are right there. Man. But yeah, I. I it's just interesting because I didn't think a lot about Wisconsin coming into the year. Yeah. Um, per usual. And per usual. Per usual, yeah, again. But they, they've looked decent. I don't know if I'm overly impressed with what I've seen. Um, I also not sure that, you know, they had the close game against Kansas in, was that in, that was in the Bahamas, right? Um, but outside of that, I don't know if they've really played. Um, like an elite team. I think Maryland and Marquette are really good. Um, and they went into Iowa and beat Iowa, but I, I just, I don't see them doing well in March. If you, you get what I mean, right? Who Wisconsin? 
Yes. They have no shot to do well in March. Exactly. I think they're going to win a lot of conference games, but they're not going to do well in March because they just – They're very underwhelming athletically. Yes. They're underwhelming, and they they can't – I don't know. They're just very underwhelming. And, like, when they – when they did make those runs, they had pros and they had dudes. Like they had Decker and and like Dujan and Kaminsky and they had my boy Niles. Like yeah, like they had like they had dudes. Like they had legit dudes on that team. And right, they were playing that Wisconsin brand of basketball, but they were also they had guys that were NBA. Bodies playing. Yes. Yes. Exactly. When, like, they've got, like, middle-tier athletic Big Ten guys right now. Um, Exactly. Asichian, though, though, is, like, man, he's, like, Tyler Harrell light. And that's that's not a negative. Like, that's a – that is a a compliment. Apparently, they grow them on trees in Wisconsin. I don't know what they feed them, but – Wisconsin got talent, bro. Like every year, every year. No, Isidian's from Fort, from Indiana. You know, uh, he's from Fort Wayne. Oh, okay, okay. Fun fact. But I have well, it's, it's it's he went to Wisconsin and, and instantly became Tyler Hero Light. So, well, how did the NAIA's let him get out of Indiana? <laughs> yeah how how did the uh, how did how did Valpo and Butler, the powerhouses of Butler, let him out? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, he's he's been a joy to watch. He's been a joy to watch. Uh, Iowa's got a lot to fix, and they've got a younger McCaffrey coming up too. Um, so Fran's going to be there for a while, in my opinion, for at least another five years. You mean at Iowa? Yeah. Yeah, because they've got another kid who's like a junior. He's, he's like six eight. He's either junior or sophomore. He's one of the top players in the in the country in his class. Um, I forget. I forget. What are the the McCaffreys? Just the new Drew Breeses. The Breeses. They have like twelve kids. Pretty much, man. It's. I think his name is okay. His name is Jack McCaffrey. I'm looking him up. And yep, he's a sophomore, six eight, ranked fifty first in the country. What the of course, heck? His, his college list uh, is Iowa is only listed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that should be the only one that is listed. I mean, unless his dad gets it's fired, one. it's the only one he's going to. <laughs> no, he better be the only one. Okay, so at the end of the day, Ant, you know, Big Ten's deep, right? We've said this on the podcast a couple times now. Um, I think people – I don't think I've seen a, a bracket so far, a, a you know, like a, a, predict, a predicted bracket so far that doesn't have at least nine Big Ten teams in it, right. um, which is, you know, more than half, right? Yeah. Uh, Someone's going to fall off. Someone's going to fall off. Someone will fall off, but I think it'll end up around nine or ten at the end of the day. Who right now is your favorite to win the conference 
And who right now as December 13th is your favorite to go far in March? In the conference? Yeah, no, who's who, yeah, in the conference, in the Big Ten. Who's your favorite to win the conference right now? Favorite to win the conference? Oh man. Yeah. Ugh. Just off the top of your head. Oh probably Purdue. Yeah. You know? I think I agree with you on that one. I'll say I'll say probably Purdue. But to do well in March. To do well in March, I would say I'll say Illinois. Illinois? Yeah, that's right. Illinois. Brad Underwood has, you know, a ghost on his shoulders that, you know, like he's trying to purge. And I think they have the right team for that this year. Um, I agree. But if they approach any tournament game the way, the way that they approach Penn State, then they don't have a shot. Oh, they're going to get shot out the building. Oh, my shot. God. They could not contest a three-pointer that game, Ant. Yeah, they, they they need to figure out like that's that's a game like that is why I thought Illinois would have a chance is because when teams would go small like that, they could match the speed, but they would keep length and athleticism and size, right? Right. But man. That's with like Ty Rogers coming in and playing Hawkins at, they're at the five or not even playing Hawkins, right? Like just playing Ty Rogers, right? That's what you're talking uh, about. And Ty's been a bit of a letdown. Him offensively right now um, is just not just like I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say not playable, but but not not good, just not good right now. Uh, can't really shoot outside of five feet. Uh, his free throw doesn't look right. Uh, and I'm not sure if that is messing with his aggressiveness, because if you're aggressive, you get fouled, you get fouled, you go to the line, go to the line. Now that's another battle. And like you don't want to get to that point mentally. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. They're so young at the guard spot where all summer long, I was like, they got to get Courtney Ramey. They got to get yeah. Courtney Ramey. Go get Courtney Ramey because I think Ramey, you know, it's not the fact that he would be like this godsend, but for the fact that it'll add some veteran leadership at the guard spot, right? And then right. you would be able to bring along guys like Sky and Epps and, uh, and uh, Sincere, um, and they'll grow quicker because, you know, they'll be around them. They'll be learning things and, the, the the learning trajectory and understanding of what it takes to be uh, a, a high major Division One court general is going to come a lot easier to you. But they kind of got to learn on the fly, and they got to really pay attention to you know Chester Frazier, who's one of the assistants on the bench, who played at Illinois himself. Like they got to they got to be in his ear and vice versa, twenty four seven. Hey. Right. What's going on? This was happening. Da, da, da. But, but man, so they got some growing pains going on right now, man. And you know, they got to figure it out. They, they got to figure it out. Hey, Penn State's nice, though. Penn State's nice. They are. I like the way Penn State plays basketball. 
it's fun, fun to watch. It's fun. It's a fun brand. It's not a brand that is very sustainable. But no. a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun because you see a lot of crazy stuff and you see you see the ball flying around and you see the ball being shared and like you got Jalen Pickett who's out out there uh hunting tri- triple doubles every single I knew you were about to say that. I, I knew the word hunting was about to come out of your mouth. That dude is like Westbrook hunting for assists and stat padding. Um he's either doing that or he's backing down some some uh some uh, poor soul who's uh, guarding him. Cause, Cause, like, he's a load. He's like six four, two, two ten, two fifteen. Like, that's a big. He's two oh nine listed, but he's definitely not two oh nine. Oh yeah, he definitely two fifteen, two two fifteen, two twenty. Yeah. 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 They. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just leans on you. He gets in the post. And he's just backing it down. He leans a little bit. Bro, those the guards, the, the poor guards that have to guard him, or even forwards, are just like, bro, this I, this was not in my, this was not in my job description this year. Oh. Man, man, that dude is that dude is a load and a half. That dude is a load and a half, but he does, he does that bad. He does, he does, he does hunt assists. Yeah, but the problem the problem with Penn State is when they are not hitting three pointers. They're hitting three pointers against Illinois, so they won fairly comfortably. When they're not hitting three pointers, they will lose teams, right? The Michigan State saw that, right? They they Michigan State again in that game. Um, you know, Michigan State shot twenty nine for three. They were not able to pull out that game. They made it close. They made it. You know, uh, Connor in in our playback room was losing his mind, but it. At the end of the day, they weren't able to pull it out because you know you live and die by the three, right? So they're going to look good against Illinois, and they, they could very much lose to like Quinnipiac if they don't shoot the three well. They won't, but you know, the, down the stretch in, in Big Ten play, they're going to be a team that's going to shock you sometimes, and then they're going to lose to Northwestern or Nebraska. Um, yeah, but I still think they're a tournament team at the end of the day. It's almost like like what. What are they going to do guarding Edie? Like, what are they going to do guarding? <laughs> they're, they're not. That game's going to be 100 to 100 because Purdue can't guard the three point shot. And, and and there's nobody on Penn State's roster that can, that can guard Edie. So this is going to be, it's going to be like 1.6 points per possession that game, each team. Yeah. So, like, so, so that's going to be a lot of fun. You know them. What them trying to guard Hunter? Um, you know, them trying to guard like even like Walker from Nebraska. Like that. It's gonna be really really interesting. Even like Rutgers. What's what's gonna happen? Oh, Omar Rui's so good. He is. Yeah. Cliff is so good. He's so talented. Um, but you know the whole saying goes is like, hey, they gotta guard us too. You know. <laughs> That's. That's facts. Sure, I, again, I love Shrewsbury, but I don't think he's going to be there very long. I think so. there's going to be a bigger program that's going to see what's happening at Penn State, what he's doing with that program. They, they're going to be like, all right. All right, all right, all right. Penn State doesn't need this. So you you can't win there. Yeah, exactly. Come over here. Exactly. Come over here. Yeah. Okay, so anything else on uh, you want to talk about? It's been going for a while now. Damn, we've been on, on here for a minute. 
Jeez Louise. Um, yeah, I don't know. Congrats to, to Purdue being number one in the country. Or the other big teams. Yeah, good for them. So Purdue. Good for them, I guess. I don't know. What's it like to be number one in the country? I forget that. <laughs> Purdue's at one. Indiana's at 14. Illinois at 18. Maryland's at 20. Wisconsin at 22. Ohio State at 23. It's like the AP voters were like, I don't know about these Big Ten teams down at like at the three, four, five, six range. Let's just put them on the. Let's just put them somewhere in my top twenty-five. They they, they belong there, but I don't know where they belong. They look good. We'll put them somewhere. We'll put them somewhere. But like nobody knows how good or bad these teams are. Uh, but you know, you can already see the Big Ten is going to be a bloodbath. But it's um, we have a pretty good week of games. Pretty good week of games. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna check the games. Um, like Rice, Texas is in overtime. Looks like. Yeah. Going OT. Network. Um. Arizona State beating uh, Creighton. Of course, uh, Creighton's dead to me. They're trying. They're dead to me. I put money on Creighton to win. They. I had a parlay with. The two of the UFC fights that I went to, Creighton covering that game, and then because they're coming off a tough loss, it's like oh for sure they'll win that. And then I had um, TCU covering against SMU. TCU covered. The two fights went the way I thought they would, and then Creighton just straight up lost their game. Dead to me. They're dead to me. Monmouth. Monmouth is one and nine. Yes, they're one of the worst teams in the country, I'm fairly certain. Jeez. Well, they lost to Syracuse by 15. But they were winning. I'm surprised by- it was only 15. <laughs> for winning by one point. They, they were winning by yeah, by one and two sometime in the, in the uh, second half. But we got no Big Ten games on on the 13th. On the 14th, Minnesota's playing Arkansas. Because it's finals week. Uh, UCLA, Maryland, makes sense. Uh, Lehigh plays Wisconsin, nobody on Friday, and then big, big Saturday. Really big Saturday. I cannot wait for Saturday. That should be a lot Saturday of- is going to be lit. That should be a lot of- you know what else is going to be? Oh, why? Why do they do this? What? Why? I don't understand why they why they do this. So on the 21st, Michigan State plays Oakland at 6.30. Michigan plays North Carolina at 7. Like, why? Why? I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. that I've had games that are scheduled at the exact same time as Michigan State. Like, I use games for literally the same time as Michigan State. It sucks. Why, why are we doing that? The Ohio State and Purdue games are like scheduled 30 minutes off each other, too. I just want to see the, the Michigan State Rocket Watts game in peace. <laughs> is, is he killing it at Oakland? How's he doing at Oakland? Let me see. Um, shooting 33% from the field. Oh, so not good. Fifty-five <laughs> percent from the line, twenty-five percent from three. Oh, he's he's like their fifth minutes getter too at Oakland. 
Damn. Well, against PFW, he was he had twenty points on twenty one shots. That's some uh, Fletcher lawyer numbers right there. I was about to say Chase Hadid's numbers. <laughs> nah, Chase, nah, nah, Chase Hadid had like twenty one shots and like eleven. At twelve, twelve points. Uh, looks like he has nine and a half shots per game, eight and a half points. Does he have that almost every year? Man, man, I don't, I don't know, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't. He went to one of those fake academy schools, Lamelo Ball, right? Listen, you are not going to disrespect. Big baller brand. <laughs> Sorry, I, that was not a school. <laughs> we be. It is a school. They still function to this day. Oh, do they? Spire Academy. Yes, they have. They okay. have been around before and after them. Okay. Okay. Maybe they're not on the. You know, maybe they're not doing the crazy, the crazy stuff. They're not doing all the traveling and all that. But like days. They still got dudes coming out. So they're not that one school that the IMG played that just was made for a day and then broke apart? No. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. Absolutely Absolutely not. Man, you're over there hating. Spire Academy? Sorry. All Spire Academy fans in our podcast, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> the Spire sure. Academy faithful. I'm looking up to. to I'm actually looking up. Yeah. Oh yeah, Spire Institute. They're in Geneva, Ohio. Yeah, respect Spire. Respect. Respect Spire. I don't know why my. Why this page won't load? All I'm, going, all I'm trying to do is see if there are any players from Spire. Let me see here. Uh, uh, let me see. Looking for recruits in the next couple years. Looking for what recruits? No, I'm looking. I'm looking for something in particular. Trying to find some spire, some spire juicy details. Well, Dikembe Mutombo is an ambassador for him. Are they? Is it? Apparently, it's on their website. How do you feel about Gabe Cups? I'm extremely excited to have him at IU. Look, just because y'all look alike. (laughs) That's not not what I'm saying. Also, I don't look like Gabe Cups. All your cousins are in. They're going to be playing in the Big Ten. No, but look, all I have to say is that if you don't like Braden Smith, Gabe Cups is very similar. Gabe Cups is just a mixtape highlight goblin. 
You think so? He's, he is he is sub, he is suburban Amani Bates. Oh no. We're getting suburban Imani Bates to IU? What is this? No, I like his game. I like okay. His game. Um, you got me scared there for a second. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> is Xavier Johnson oh. good? Is Xavier Johnson good? Done. Is he done after, after this year? Oh, this year? Yes. He should be done this year. Yeah, this isn't last year. So, he's out. so y'all are going to get a transfer point guard. For sure. I, I think – IU only has two recruits coming in next year. Um, and if guys don't want to take their extra COVID year, we will be losing Race Thompson, Xavier Johnson, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Miller Cop, and I think hey, that's it. Back to Archie Miller. <laughs> back to the Archie I, I mean, and then probably Jalen Hachifino to the NBA draft, honestly. Uh, you don't think he comes back? I uh, I think I think uh, you'll see down Big Ten play. I I have a sneaky suspicion he's going to play his way into the late first round, like that twenty-seven to thirty range. I think he can get his way into like one of the last couple picks of the first round. Because again, like I think his playmaking is really good. He's a combo guy. He, the NBA guys are going to like his size and his ability to kind of create off the dribble. You know who you guys need? Who? James Blackman. Bro, I would I would chop your hands off for James Blackman Jr. to be on this team. <laughs> I I would. I I would straight up I I would I'd go and find an axe and I'd come to the DMV area and I'd try to find you. He will be so good. He will. Be he would so be so good. good. He would be so good in this age of college basketball. It's he was like right before people stopped giving a shit about defense. It was just right before because he was so good running off you know screens. You said he was he could create his own shot. He just couldn't. He couldn't stay in front of a guy to save his life. But on this team, it wouldn't matter. You're surrounded by so many good defenders. It just – it wouldn't matter. Um, it just sucks. Again, I feel like he he was so underappreciated on those decent – those last really good Tom Crean teams. He was very underappreciated on those. But – He was a real good player, man. But this team needed – was. That's actually funny because you're you're talking about that. There was a thing on IU Twitter. Uh, was it during the the UNC game? Yeah, it was during the UNC game. They had all the IU people came back for the game, so they had like, um, Juwan Morgan was back. You had Thomas Bryant back. Yeah, Vic exactly. wasn't there because I think they were playing. But all the guys that either weren't playing like in a game that night or were just like recent alumni, even other you know more notable were at in attendance at the game and they showed apparently they showed somebody on the jumbotron got a ton of tea like cheers and they showed james blackman jr on the jumbotron and it was like a mixed applause what and people were like bro y'all just forget how good james blackman jr was when he played at iu like a mixed applause 
Yeah, because it was like he was right after Yogi Ferrell, I'm pretty sure. And so people went crazy because Yogi's Yogi. And then it was kind of like a, a light applause for, for Blackman. He would be so good on this team. Yogi would, would though. Like, oh, Yogi would kill it, bro. I, I'm, there was, what was it? The, the Juwan Morgan, Romeo Langford year. If we had had a decent point guard on that team, I think that team would have been really good as well. But again, you got Archie Miller's coach, so who knows? You know what I'm realizing, man? Mm-hmm. You know what? Tom Crean wasn't a bad coach. Mm-mm. No, no, he was not. He just he didn't know how to he didn't know how to complete a roster ever. Like, and by that I mean like keep the program stable. He didn't know how to stabilize. He just knew how to go from one really good team and then have two years of mediocrity and then have another really good team and then another two years of being seventh or eighth in the Big Ten. And so that's why IU was like, oh, let's go get Archie. Like He's going to play like a defensive style of basketball. You know, you look around at all these defensive teams that pride themselves on defense. You look at Wisconsin. You look at Virginia. Like, they're good every single year. They never have a down year. You know, even when you don't think they're going to be good, they're going to be good because they play defense. You go get Archie Miller. Blows cock. So now you go back and get um, Mike Woodson. And uh, so far it's paid out pretty well. But, again, the whole thing about – uh, you know, Tom Crean and YIU fans didn't like him because the program wasn't was good every other year or every two or three years, which a lot of teams would, you know, a lot of programs would snap your hand off for. But IU fans were like, that's not how it was under Coach Knight, so we can't have him around. <laughs> it also doesn't help when all the other, and I quote, blue bloods all have coaches that can get them to be nationally relevant every single year. Like Kansas has Bill Self. Kentucky has Calipari. You know, at the time, North Carolina and and Duke were, you know, at their height of their powers. Roy and and Coach K. And and now you you look at – and you look at IU and it's like their number one seed with, you know, Vic and, and, uh, you know – Will Sheehy and Cody Zeller, and then the next year they're an eight seed, and then they miss the tournament, and then IT, and then oh, all of a sudden they're really good again the next year, and then the year after they suck again, even though they have like three NBA players on the team, and people are like, this sucks, I want off this. Like, I want out of this deal. This is a bad deal. And it also doesn't help. I think Tom Crean, like, really burnt some bridges with the athletic staff, uh, the athletic department, by the end of his tenure. Just like being a just a Karen, so they kind of just wanted him gone. But then he didn't help himself by going to Georgia and just stinking it up. Yeah, that. Yeah, but his heart wasn't in it. I don't think. I think he no. Just hey, whatever. It's a job. He was still able to get Anthony Edwards to go there, though. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Man, he was bringing Oladipo and Zeller. Man. He's a really, 
really well, his style of basketball that he plays and likes to run develops people into really good NBA prospects. Yeah. Uh, he would do – it's interesting because, you know, there. I saw a Texas reporter put out – of course, they're doing this already. Like if, you know, Chris Beard – I think at this point it's about when Chris Beard gets fired from Texas – um, what the tier list for coaches would be. And I think he had Tom Crean number one, mm. which I, I, a couple Indiana fans retweeted and were like snickering at, but I don't think that's crazy. It's not. It's as not. far as coaches that are sitting on their butts, not doing anything with a TV deal, I, you can do a lot worse than Tom Crean. I think he'd be good in with a, at a school with a big brand too. A big brand. It's Texas. Like there's there's good recruits in the state of Texas you can get, but you can go and recruit no, nationally, which is what he likes to do more. There's no history of te- of Texas being good. Like people think, right. like oh they've they've done all this stuff. They've, they've done all these things. That's complete. but they just remember Kevin Durant. That's it. They just remember Kevin Durant. In Texas, and that's that's all they remember. But I think Texas can be good. I think they have the ability to to also. also but I'm like, like, all right, look, look, these the, these are Texas. This is the uh, accomplishments of Texas basketball. Mm-hmm. They have. One Final Four since 1947. Right. Four Elite Eights since 1947. Like, what are we doing here? We, like, like this is football school, 1,000%. One, 1, they were good for a segment. They were, like, can't really call that good. Like, they were okay for a segment in here, possibly. Um, where they, you know, they, they, you know, they've gone to the tournament, I guess. Yep. But from a, but from a standpoint of like them being a, a good school, like they're just you. People view Texas the way that they view Tennessee, in my opinion. Like, oh, like so much rich history. Da, 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 da. Like, no, like ten, Tennessee has even less, less than, less than Texas. You know, so I think um, I think he'll be good there. I think he will be very, very good there. I, I, that that Chris Beard situation is crazy to me. Can you imagine, like, playing for a guy and then he goes and does that? Like being being like a player in that program. Like I would be, it'd be the weirdest thing in the world. Could you imagine fumbling a bag like that? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, can you imagine just being, for one, a shitty human being like that? <laughs> like a piece of garbage. I mean, like, come on. That's also very, very true. It's also very, very true. Very, very true. Of course, if if that ends up being correct, right, and the reports are true and whatever, but it it's not seeming great for him. I'll just, the, the tea leaves are not, Pointing in the right direction. <laughs> it's a rock for him. And he yeah, it is. He's not getting that job back. I was surprised they didn't just straight up 
can his ass. They 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 suspended him without pay. Yeah. Well, they do want to make sure that the facts are right because like you're you're dealing with someone who you're paying multi million dollars a year. You want to make sure that hey, look, okay, if we let him, they have to cross off every box. Like okay, right. So, like, what do we owe? Do we owe him anything? Can we get out of paying him? Like, these are things that they have to consider, right? So it's not like somebody who, you know, you're paying 50 grand a year, you can just let go because it's like, okay, whatever. When, when I could pay, like, like, like two, two weeks pay of $1,500 after taxes. You know what I mean? So I think it's a little bit different. I think it's a little bit different. Because you, you got to do so many things from, like, a legal standpoint and – you could try to save money too. Like, hey, if something comes up, like they don't want to miss miss a chance to like save money or just like not have all the answers before they can deduct money or what makes sense. You know what I mean? So I could see why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But again, I think like, it's just a it's a PR nightmare. I'd be like, well, we're suspending him, and then everybody at the university goes, "This guy's associated with us." <laughs> like, right, exactly, exactly. Like, I don't know. But from a but from a business standpoint, business standpoint, it makes sense. Yeah, you have to suspend, and then you got to get the facts, look at the contract, you know, just to make sure that you know, okay, we're doing okay. We, okay, that's good. That's good. That's that's so. Everybody's like, oh, Chris Beard going back to Texas. He was a manager there. Like, this is perfect. He's going to win everything. It's a coming off of two Final Fours with Texas Tech. And then, wow. Uh, All right, bro. I'm going to let you go. Um, We had the virus run uh, run through the fam today. Well, over the last three or three days. The wife just got done with her with her uh, with her last last final first semester of law school. So how's that going? I know like first two semesters of law school are the most important. I know that. So she she doing well? Think yeah, she doing well? Doing well, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she's like in the top like ten percent of her class. So that's always that's good. good. That's really good. So yeah. she's doing well. Um, it's always tough having to do that and be a mom. And, so I just got to make sure that I'm holding it down. You're married to a superhero then. <laughs> She's doing law school and being mom. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. So just got to make sure that, uh, that uh, you know, things are good at home. We just got to keep it going. Just got to keep it going. Yeah, I just flew back from Vegas, was out there, and now I got another 14-hour drive ahead of me home tomorrow. So You're driving? Ugh. Yeah, I drove up to Louisville to grab my stuff to bring it back, but I drove also to fly out to Vegas. So I drew up, drove up, hung out for like a day or two, and then flew out to Vegas. Now I'm hanging out for a day or two and driving back. I think I have to leave tomorrow because there's a really bad storm system coming east. And I think if I don't leave tomorrow, then I can't leave until Saturday. And I really want to be home to watch those games mm-hmm. on Saturday. So I have to leave tomorrow and drive 14 yeah. hours through South Georgia, which apparently is, you know, capital of cop capital of the world. I, I don't understand. I think the the only job people in South Georgia have are cops. I think that's the only job that they accept. 
they're only police. It's, it's, that's it. They have to be state troopers in the South of Georgia. You have to drive like five miles per hour below the speed limit in Georgia or you get pulled over. I'm fairly certain. Oh. Oh, I've never gotten a traffic ticket though. I've just jinxed myself, but I've never gotten a tra- traffic ticket. Hey. I, I am not as lucky as you. Oh no. Well, you also aren't young, middle-class white guy. You're, you're, right, you're right. I mean, let's be honest. Like that's that's, that's the truth. I don't get pulled over because the cops don't think I'm suspicious. They they uh, they see my Indian. They're like, oh, <laughs> it's a 25 Indian. That's why. My road. They see 75% of me. They're like, oh. Oh, okay, wait. I don't want any problems. Wait a minute. Is that a little bit Indian in there? I see. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's over. Then they get me. Then it's all. Then it's all. Uh, all right, Amp. Yeah. I'll hop okay. out of here. Yeah. Later, man. Later, later, guys. Thanks for thanks for stopping in. See you.